Hey guys, it's Jordan Stoltz, your host of the Triple F Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. And today's show, I'm talking about workouts mainly, I'm talking about training, uh, but also uh, ending the show with a little bit of talk about nutrition. Thank you for joining me for another episode and for all the support of the podcast. We're having another nice big month uh, relative to what podcasts normally do around March or April. So I'm very pleased. I'm very motivated and I feel great and I'm ready to get started for today's show. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Learn some valuable training tips that you guys can implement right away. It'd mean a lot to me if you could go leave a review on iTunes, boost this podcast up in the ratings a little bit. You just got to go to your podcast app, hit ratings and reviews and leave a five star, write a written review would mean a lot as well. I read every single one. And uh, if you guys have any questions that you want answered in the podcast, these are all Q&A episodes, so I do these solo. I do these answering your questions. Just head over to Instagram and shoot me a DM. That's at StoltzFit on Instagram, and I'll help you out. Let's get started with today's show about building the traps, the order of your workouts, and extended cuts. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's going on, everybody? Jordan Soltz here, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Uh, coming out with another show. This is, man, I don't even know. I think it's episode, like, it's probably 275. So we're almost there to 300. It's been a wild ride. Been something real fun. I would do it all over again. I'd put in the work all over again. I'd have so much on with this podcast. Lately, I've been doing a lot of Q&A type shows. So I really enjoy this style to listen to. I was telling my wife the other day about the podcast, how everything was going, um, and I was saying what I wanted to do with the podcast was make a show that I would want to listen to and do it in the type and the format that I enjoy. What I enjoy are people answering questions in brief, actionable ways. You know, I don't want a, a podcast with a bunch of studies and scientists and PhDs. What I want is someone's anecdotal experience based on a good knowledge foundation and answering the questions that I specifically have. I do believe that if one person has a question, a whole bunch of other people have it as well. So um, I found that these Q&A type episodes are better customized uh, topics than even what I can come up with because if I don't have the questions and I come up with topics, you know, it's just a total guess about what you guys are wondering about. But when I actually answer questions, I feel like I'm actually helping at least one person and probably many, many more. So um, these are all pulled from Instagram, at StoltzFit. And if you ever have a question that you want me to answer on the show, you want to inquire about coaching or anything like that, or you just want to um, or you just want to say hi, say what's up, leave a suggestion, um, talk about the Minnesota Vikings, whatever you want to do, you can do that at Instagram. I don't really care. I'll check that all the time. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the interaction. I appreciate the questions, the coaching clients, all that stuff uh, that Stoltz fit on Instagram. So we are going to talk a lot about training today in today's podcast. You know, this is the fitness, food, and freedom podcast. And I 
did an episode on nutrition a little bit ago. I like the most talking about training because to me, that's the most interesting. Nutrition, it is pretty cut and dry, you know? There are some basics, there's some principles that need to be nailed down, that need to be mastered. And, you know, those are energy balance, figuring out how much you're eating. Are you eating enough? Are you eating too much uh, for your goals? And then there's eating food that makes you feel good. And that can be a whole spider, a whole pyramid of different things. You could focus on digestion. You could focus on intolerances, on food quality, micronutrients. Those are all important. You know, none of them aren't important. Uh, But after that, there's really not a lot that makes a ton of difference, right? Maybe eating for performance. A lot of the stuff that I answer for nutrition is going to come down to the basics. And I do answer a nutrition question to end this podcast. So if you like that stuff more, stick around. Um, That is kind of a specialty of mine. But I do like talking about the training aspect of things because it's way more interesting to me as far as the different variables, the different questions, right? There's so many different exercises. There's so many different styles of training. There's so many roadblocks people run into. And I really like talking to that and digging into that uh, concept. So a lot about training, Uh, two questions about training, one about nutrition, but uh, just talking about what I enjoy and what I'd like to hear. So thanks for listening today and let's get started. First question, like all of them, comes through Instagram and this is talking about the most effective way to build the traps. This person loves the look of well-developed traps and wants to know the most effective exercises and techniques for forming them. Do I prefer shrugs with a barbell or a dumbbell is how this question ends. Um, Well, the answer to the end of that question is I prefer dumbbells for just about everything, to be honest. I program a lot of barbell stuff into my lifts and my own workout plan, my own programming, because the advantage barbells have over dumbbells is uh, that barbells are really easy to load slowly, right? You're very easy to keep track of the form, keep track of the... Um, weight that you're putting on the bar and the increases in total volume and weight. Uh, That's why barbells are good and a lot of the basic movements use a barbell. However, all my favorite movements include dumbbells and uh, that's just because I think they're more versatile. I think they are uh, more comfortable and honestly, all my favorite lifts are based around dumbbells and uh, I actually recently from my home gym got some adjustable dumbbells that are just awesome best purchase I've made in a long, long time to get those adjustable dumbbells for the home gym because I really enjoy my training a lot more when I'm not limited to just a barbell. That being said, uh, with those, with that question about developing the traps, so the trapezius muscle is, um, you know, I'm not going to get into the very deep weeds about how it attaches and inserts, but you know, essentially it's going to be that look from your neck down to your shoulders, right? That's the look that people are talking about when they say well-developed traps. It's like where you have those mountains on the side of your neck, right? That's that power look. Uh, Think of Brock Lesnar, Bane from Batman, right? Those are the ones that are seriously well-developed traps. And a lot of times the strongest traps, the biggest traps gonna be strong people. So it's just a look of power, it's a look of strength and Uh, Just brute athleticism, in my opinion, to have well-developed traps. And on a female, it looks real good, too. Right? If a female has well-developed traps, uh, they're just going to look more athletic and look more fit. And I think that's a quick, quick way to tell if a female does lift and does 
uh, focus on activities like that because the well-developed traps are not something that come easy and they don't come to just every single female like maybe some other body parts do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what the traps are, but you need to keep in mind that the traps aren't just on top of the shoulders going up to the neck. They also are in the back and they're huge. The trap is a very big muscle. You have the upper traps, the lower traps, and the lower traps are often forgotten, right? You have them in the middle of your back, essentially part of the just cluster you know what of muscles that makes up your upper back. So don't forget the lower traps, which are coming down uh, essentially in between your shoulder blades uh, when you're talking about the trapezius muscles. You need to maybe look this up on Google Images, look up uh, trapezius muscle anatomy on Google Images, and you'll get a better idea about where the traps are located and the whole part they make up, right? I think that when I was in school, when I was in my undergrad and I was taking a lot of different science classes, the two most valuable classes for me, even to what I do right now, and I'm talking, you know, I took a lot of exercise science class, biomechanics, um, physiology, all those different types of classes. The most valuable class to me now in the exercise portion of things has been anatomy and physiology and medical terminology. Those two classes combined really helped me understand the body better and understanding the body better made a world of a difference in my own training, training other people and talking to other people about the human body. So I really highly recommend looking into this and going a little bit deeper uh, than, than just you know touching some part of your body with your hand. So the traps have a few functions and you know they're essentially going to be a shoulder elevator right so if you think about shrugging your shoulders up to your ears that's using your traps this is all basic pretty basic stuff um, but that look of well-developed traps comes from that upper traps and a lot of times the thing people focus on is shrugs and that's kind of the point of the question why I wanted to dive into this one is a lot of times the exercises that are popular people focus on are the ones that they feel the most in the muscle and they're not necessarily the ones that will develop that muscle the fastest and this is a weird phenomenon because you think that the muscle, the exercise you feel the most in the muscle will develop that muscle the fastest. A lot of times what I've discovered is that's not true. Uh, you know, a shrug with dumbbells might help you feel the traps more than anything because you can really get a squeeze up at the top. However, that's not really where I've seen the most trap growth personally in myself and with clients. Where I've seen the growth is with shoulder stabilization, with squeezing your upper back, and with things where you are actually getting a stretch in the traps. Um, I'm not gonna go into the details about this, I'll just go into the exercises to try to give you something a little bit more actionable. I like things like farmer's walks, uh, really, really heavy farmer's walks, not light ones, right? Don't pick up the dumbbells and walk for five minutes. Pick up something, I'm used to make these farmer walk implements for my home gym. Uh, pick up the heaviest dumbbells or a farmer's walk implement that you can barely lift and struggle to get to the other end of the parking lot or the hallway with those. That's going to be what's going to make you develop better traps is supporting that weight, keeping your shoulders from ripping off. Uh, heavy deadlifts do the exact same thing. I also really like things like heavy barbell rows, heavy one-arm dumbbell rows, face pulls, the things that are working the lower part of the traps that often get ignored but really make that well-rounded look. It's not all about shrugging the shoulders up. A lot of it is about rowing and working on the upper back. So my advice for the question here, I guess my answer is going to be 
to not worry as much about the things that you feel the best as far as shrugs are concerned a lot of times the exercises that develop the most aren't the most effective like doing a a preacher curl might not always be the most effective way to grow the biceps what might be the most effective way might be something like a chin up or an underhand row or um, maybe just a basic barbell curl things might feel a little bit worse as far as the exercise is concerned but you can really make good progress and progress over time Uh, So that's the advice there. Row a lot, hold some heavy stuff and try to move with it, whether it's deadlifting, rowing, or uh, farmer's walks, and you will develop nice traps. Of course, when you're talking about developing things like this, um, whether it's forearms, calves, traps, especially these smaller muscle groups, you uh, need to be in a calorie surplus. And I think a lot of times that is a mistake people make, right? Is they are a little bit chubby, and they want bigger arms. So what, what, what do they do? They go on a diet and start doing a bunch of curls. But that doesn't really make sense because you're not really gonna grow the muscle if you're dieting, right? The goal of training while you're dieting is to retain your muscle, retain your strength. The goal when you're not dieting is to grow the muscles, grow the strength, and then you can diet to show it. So that's the, that's the thing. You need to be in a calorie surplus. You need to move some heavy weight. You need to Uh, row a lot and not just focus on the elevation part of the traps because you feel it the most. You also got to do everything else that's going to work wonders for your trap muscles. Um, All right. I think that's a good answer to that question. I think we should move on to the next one. And the next question also comes from Instagram. Uh, It is about training as well. So I wanted to just kind of segue right into this one. Does the order of your exercise matter in your training? My coach has me doing a lot of different exercises. For example, on leg day, doing squats, leg extensions, leg curls, straight leg deadlifts, and hack squats. Is, Is the order important if someone's on the machine or can I just do the exercises in any order I want? This is kind of something that I am trying to hold back a rant about because it is something that is kind of annoying as a trainer or coach when clients try to change the program that you write for them because everything has a purpose, everything has a point to be in the program, right? Uh, A good coach will have an answer to every single exercise if you ask them, why is this in my program? A bad coach won't really, they'll just say, well, it works your legs, right? But you know, a good coach maybe has a reason for every exercise that's in there and if it's changed or reordered, uh, it's not really going to work that well. I, th- I think that a really important part of coaching and programming is the exercise order. Now you have to realize that exercise order, uh, it doesn't really matter for how you're developing a muscle. What it matters for is how well you can perform the lift, number one, and what you're prioritizing, number two. So what I mean by that is um, how well you can lift, right? How well you can lift your, your heavy movements, right, your heavy weights, if you're fatigued, right? So if you're doing leg extensions and leg curls and hack squats before your barbell squats, you're not gonna be able to lift as much weight for your barbell squats, you're gonna be very fatigued on those and you're not gonna perform very well. If your goal is max performance and to increase and to progress and to overload the muscles, you need to uh, do something where you're prioritizing that and that's kind of number two. Do what you want to prioritize. If quad growth is your number one priority in this leg workout, it would make sense to put leg extensions first, right? And it would make sense to maybe put uh, the hack squats first before the barbell squats. Uh, That makes sense, but 
if your goal is just total leg strength, squat strength, you're gonna to wanna to put that squat first and not fatigue the muscles first. So it's very important to know why everything's in the order it is, to know what your priority is for each session and to go in with intent. I think that's the most important point here. When you go into the session, go into intent. Let me use my own training as an example. If it's a back and by workout for me, right? It's a pull workout. The thing that I wanna develop the most, let's say, is my arms, right? My back is strong, my back can do a lot, uh, but my arms are lagging behind. What I'm not gonna do is save a six sets of bicep curls for the end of the night, right? I'm not gonna do uh, a whole bunch of back stuff, fatigue everything, uh, maybe do a big bicep exercise, do some more back stuff, and then do my biceps at the end. What I'm gonna do is probably put the biceps first, get the most out of those I can, lift the most weight, perform the best, and then move into the back exercises. Or I'm gonna just minimize the number of back sets that I do so I don't fatigue the biceps and spend more time on those, which is what I do. So just dialing back on one body part, scaling up the other as you wanna specialize and prioritize. It's important to go in with intent and know what your goals are beforehand. If your goal is just total body development, strength and fitness, then just follow what's written for you. It doesn't really matter as long as you're working the muscles, right? It's just a good idea to prioritize and to have a purpose for going to the gym. It's gonna be more motivating, you're gonna see better progress, and it's going to make a lot more sense why things are programmed the way they are. All right, and the last question, we're gonna talk about nutrition. Um, the first two questions about workout, fitness kind of stuff. Last one's gonna be about nutrition. This one's specifically about dieting, and I wanted to choose this one because summer is coming up. And the question is, how long is too long to diet? How long until I need to take a diet break? Is it okay if I have fat to lose to diet for months and months on end? This is a great question, and one of those that has a scientific answer and my opinion kind of answer. Um, the scientific answer, you know, is essentially what I would think would be the, the logical thing to say is going to be diet as long as you need to get the fat off, right? That is the answer that a lot of people are going to boil down to here is if you have fat to lose, keep dieting, you know, don't take a break, just keep pushing and pushing until you're as lean as you want to be. The problem is, in my opinion, that a lot of things run out. Your motivation runs out, you're gonna start cheating a little bit, um, maybe it's not the right time for a diet, you're gonna run into times in your life, right? It's hard to go six months straight dieting and you don't face any family dinners, any night out with friends, any family reunions, all those different things, right? And the other thing is that your training is just going to be completely useless during that time, right? Yeah, you maybe get a little bit stronger, especially if you're new, maybe you can uh, retain your muscle through all of that. But what you're not gonna do is make some real progress. So what I like to do is set a limit actually. I do not like to go over 12 weeks dieting unless you are very, very overweight and have a lot to lose. If you have a lot of weight to lose, right, you're in a obese category, then you should diet at least uh, probably another month, maybe up to three months longer than what I'm recommending, which is 12 weeks. So I have like a three month cap on dieting for people who are at a decently healthy body fat percentage. If you're over that, you can double that up to six months, but I wouldn't go above six. I don't like if you're dieting for a year or even eight months. I think that's way too long. That's just an opinion of mine. It's something anecdotally I found to work that you need an endpoint in sight, right? And then you can take a break. I think if you have an endpoint in sight, which 
in this case would be like a diet break, then that's going to be more motivating. It's going to be, you're going to put in better effort. You're going to be more, more accurate and more adherent to the diet. You're going to be more compliant to the numbers you're following and you're going to make better progress overall. What I like to do is go a max of 12 weeks. It can be less than that. It can be four to 12 weeks. It could be a month, it could be two, it could be three, but a cap of that three month mark. And at that point, you're going to bring your calories up to a projected maintenance, whatever you think your maintenance might be, and you're going to stay there for a month. And that's essentially a diet break. That's how I do them. That's how I like to program them in for people. And that's going to work great uh, to boost your training. You're going to see a lot of strength progress in that month. Uh, you're actually going to look better because you're going to kind of fill out more and you're not going to be so depleted of food all the time. Your social life's going to improve and you're going to get a realistic picture of what you look like after the diet, right? Because uh, what you look like at the end of a cut isn't necessarily what you'll look like three weeks later when you're moving to maintenance, right? You want to have an idea of what you look like when you fill up your water, your glycogen stores a little bit, and you're just living your normal life. Plus, it's a great mental break to motivate you to diet even more if you want to. So I'm a huge fan of diet breaks, and I'm a huge fan of putting a cap on a diet, even if you're not all the way there. So if you are at a decently healthy body fat and you have a little bit more to go, don't be afraid to extend it another month. It's only four weeks. You can even cut that to three if you want and boost your, your motivation, your training, and um, just how you feel with a diet break. Uh, so that's 12 weeks on four weeks off, and then from there, reassess. If you want to continue, maybe you want to bulk a little bit, maybe you want to um, maybe you want to go back to a cut, a fat loss, and try to push the diet even further. You'll maybe gain a few pounds, but you'll easily lose that, and you'll be way more motivated to do so. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. All right, and that's everything for today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. Talking about diet breaks and all that stuff, talking about traps, talking about the order of your workouts. I love coaching people, I love training, and I love how fitness is so individual, right? It's one of the only things where everything is so individual. Uh, everyone's case is different, everyone responds to different things, everybody uh, adheres to different things. It's such a psychological game as well. So fun to me. I really enjoy talking about it. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Triple F Podcast. I will see you next time. Uh, for now, have a great weekend. Happy Easter. And if you ever have a question you want answered on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, at StoltzFit, slide right into those DMs, and I will respond to you or answer on the podcast, um, just depending what you guys want or what I need for show content. Have a great one, everybody. I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on, on fitness, fitness, food, and, and freedom. freedom.